Welcome to the H&E Podcast, where we seek to celebrate the steadfast love and faithfulness of Christ through discussions on church history, biblical spirituality, the Bible, Christian living, and theology. Shall we get started? Well, welcome back to the Hesed and Emmett podcast. Uh, I am Chance Faulkner, your host. And with me, I have J. Aaron White, who is the author of Paul's Big Letter, A Kid-Friendly Journey Through Romans. Aaron, thanks for joining me. It is my pleasure on this snowy Minnesota evening. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell our listeners who you are and anything else, your family, your ministry, your job. Well, my name is Jay Aaron White. Most people call me Pastor Aaron. I've been in full-time pastoral ministry now for almost 11 years. And from the States, I'm here in Minnesota. And I'm married to a girl that I've known since high school. She's my high school sweetheart, Tanya. And um, we've been married for 16 years. We've got five kids. And right now, my oldest is my only daughter. She's 14. Then I got four little boys all the way from 11 down to one and a half. And so we have a very busy, but thankfully a very joyful home, somewhat chaotic at times. Tonight we had a Nerf war, which is pretty much par for the course, but we love it. We have a Boston Terrier named Charlie. And um, currently I serve as the pastor for teaching and training at Redeemer Bible Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. And we love, love, love our church family. And, um, couldn't be more more content, more blessed than where we are. So that's us. So you have written Paul's Big Letter, uh, A Kid-Friendly Journey Through Romans. Why don't you tell us more about what is that? Yeah, I was preaching through the Book of Romans. Ended up spending about four years preaching through it. And at the time, was just zealous to figure out a way to kind of fold my kids and some of the kids in the church into our study of the Book of Romans, um, you know, because I'm try to be, by God's grace, as expositional as I know how to be. And just seeing all these beautiful things as we just work our way through. But, you know, my kids at the time were mainly between the ages of 8 and 12. And so I just started looking around out of curiosity. Is there anything for that age group, between 8 and 12, roughly, in the Pauline literature that they could kind of follow along while daddy's preaching and take notes? And um, and I didn't come up with much, you know. And, and they, thankfully there's a lot of good resources out there, a growing number of good resources for, for little ones, but a lot of them are in the really little kid category, like, you know, storybook Bibles and different things for little ones, or they're really kind of dense, more voluminous, almost curriculum based things for teenagers or preteens. But it's that middle age range, you know, that eight to 12 roughly where I wanted something accessible, something engaging, but something biblically and contextually faithful specifically for Paul's letters. And so I just started writing my own and uh, wrote what I wanted to be a kid-friendly kind of just general overview of each chapter of the book of Romans. And once I got it done, my daughter at the time was 12. And so I had her go through and read it and circle anything she didn't understand because I wanted, you know, to make sure it was kid-friendly in the sense of them understanding it. So she did that and that was helpful. Yeah, it kind of took shape. And then I realized it would be even better if it could be illustrated. And I happen to be friends with, and I consider it a huge blessing to be friends with Paul Cox from Reftoons. 
And so I reached out to Brother Paul and said, is this a project that maybe you could help me with? And he just hit the ball out of the park, did a great job. So now we have Paul's big letter and Lord willing, we've got more on the way for each of Paul's letters. Yeah, so that's the plan, uh, which is exciting. I don't think we've officially announced that yet. Uh, but so, you, so you're planning to go through all of Paul's letters and what are you working on now? I just finished the manuscript for 1 Corinthians and submitted it for illustration to, to Paul. And I am currently writing 2 Corinthians. And so the end game would be to provide accessible chapter overview, kid-friendly commentaries on all of Paul's letters. Each chapter ends with discussion questions and uh, memory verses and things like that. The chapters are short, doesn't cover everything. You know, if I were to write everything that could be said in, in Romans 9, you know, it'd be a thousand pages long, but it's meant to be a faithful representation that parents or Sunday school teachers or pastors could use. The end goal would be to provide kind of like a box set for kids to have their own little miniature commentary set of all of Paul's letters so that if their church is preaching through Ephesians or if their church is preaching through First Timothy or if their family is going through Galatians, they've got some sort of faithful resource that is geared toward them um, that's not dumbed down in any way, but still is accessible. And of course, the illustrations are engaging too. So that would be the end game. If you just want one of them, you know, if your church is doing Ephesians and you just want some of those for the children to go through Ephesians at a kid level, you can do that. Or if you want the entire box set to have all of Paul's letters accessible, then that's kind of the goal to be able to provide that. No, it's great. It's uh, such a, a good little resource. I love it too because. Each chapter is, like you said, you've been faithful to the text. You're not being exhaustive, uh, but you're coming away from that chapter knowing the big idea of uh, the, the text that you're speaking of, right? Which is so it's just so helpful. Sometimes we perhaps overcomplicate it. For a child to come through the book of Romans and to know the big picture of Romans, that's really, that's really good. Well, I tell you, honestly, brother, pastorally, it was one of the most difficult but richly rewarding things that I've ever done is to take the book of Romans. I remember working on chapters nine, 10 and 11, and you can probably imagine why and thinking, how do I take what Paul is saying, the main idea and bring that down to where an eight or nine year old can understand it. D.A. Carson mentions the art of simplification and it's very, very difficult, but it's a good exercise. And so I found it actually to be one of the most rewarding um, and my wife and I gave a copy of, you know, Paul's big letter on Romans to a friend for her child, but she's brand new, uh, Christian, just coming in and cutting her teeth on understanding scripture. And actually she found that it was really helpful for her. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of a nice byproduct is realizing you're distilling solid doctrine um, to a level that obviously children can understand, but even, even parents, I mean, when's the last time? we as parents in our 30s and 40s or 20s really pressed into the book of Romans and Romans 2 and Romans 5, you know, on the, on the second Adam and Romans 6 on, you know, death to sin and, and some of these things that uh, we might get the highlight reel, but could, could we say this is the big idea? Then most of us would have to say probably not. So it's a good exercise for parents and kids and pastors and those that they're catechizing alike. So Hopefully, we'll find benefit all the way around. Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome. It's a wonderful resource. So you said that as you're preaching, you have your, your little kids are in the service. That's awesome. 
So I'm wondering, uh, how do you preach knowing that you have children as your listeners? Does it change how you preach or tell me more about that? Early on in my, my zeal to make sure that I had sound doctrine and was, was exegeting the text, I was preaching too long and I was preaching to my gallery rather than to the people that God had given me. That, that was my tendency. You know, I was, instead of facing the people of God and letting my, my heroes speak into my ear, I turned around and I faced my heroes. And I think that was an analogy I read from Alec Motyer. But yeah, so I, I had to realize I'm not, I'm helped by Spurgeon and Calvin and Luther and J.C. Ryle and all these guys, but I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to the people that God has given me. And some of those people happen to be little people, little seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds. And, and so I never, uh, I never wanted to preach simplistic sermons, but I do want to preach simple sermons. And I, I actually got that analogy from J.C. Ryle and simplicity in preaching. So a simplistic sermon is patronizing, it's vacuous, it, it's often not exegetically faithful. A simple sermon is doing what we did in Paul's big letter, and that's taking a huge concept like the sovereignty of God, regeneration, justification, propitiation, you name it, and bringing it down faithfully to a level where an adult can walk away and say that was, that was helpful and a child can walk away and at least say, I get the idea mm-hmm. that that would make me pastorally and parentally very happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get to, I get to quiz my kids when I come home and, you know, ask them like, what, what did, what, what, what did daddy say today? Or what was the big idea? And that's actually how it made its way into Paul's big letter at the end of each chapter. You know, it says big idea. And I thought, you know, they're not going to remember everything I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I don't remember everything I read, but I, I remember sentences and paragraphs. And so that was kind of a litmus test for me with my kids on the, on the ride home saying, you're not going to remember everything daddy said. And there's probably a lot that daddy said that you doesn't matter if you remember or not. But do you remember the big idea? And that's how it kind of led its way into the book that will your child read Paul's big letter and be able to tell you every detail? Uh, from Romans 2 and Romans 3 and Romans 8, of course not. But Lord willing, you can get done with you know a, a fun overview of chapter 8 and say, what's the big idea? And they can tell you something that's biblically faithful and at least whet their appetite to actually get into the Pauline literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In your video that you made for the book, you talked about family devotions and family worship. For some of the listeners, they might not know that this idea of what family worship is. Could you explain a little more about that? Well, um, let me tell you how I got it wrong <laughs> early on. So I, like probably a lot of, of our listeners, you know, and, and your subscribers at H&E, I started reading Puritan literature and reading the Reformers and church history and different things, just very zealous and taking everything in. And um, it didn't take long before I ran across the idea that, you know, family, family worship, family altar, whatever you want to call it, is, is a means of grace that I need to lay hold of as a dad and took it very seriously. And so I had, I think, two children at the time. They were pretty little. And I was trying to do 30-minute devotionals and expected them to sit still for all of it. And uh, <laughs> so from the wisdom of my wife, who said, you know, 
I, I think you might need to shorten it and make it a little bit clearer, you know, cause they're, they're six and four right now. <laughs> and, uh, so that accompanied with just realizing, I think I read Joel Beakey's book, um, you know, Joel Beakey's in, in Grand Rapids and he said, make it short, make it heavenly. And so the idea was not to be, not to be legalistic about it, that we don't do it every night. Sometimes I have an elder meeting or sometimes, you know, we're traveling or whatever the case may be, but typically three or four nights a week, um, often at the dinner table, I'll say, okay, kids, you know, we're going to, towards the end of dinner and before we wrap up, we're going to go through and we're going to take 10 or 15 minutes and we're going to either read through scripture or we're going to read. And this is where Paul's big letter would be helpful when you have a family or a classroom. Um, Cause it takes probably about 15 minutes to get through the chapter and the discussion questions. So I'm curious. I always ask this to those who come on the show is what are you actually reading right now? Well, um, I, I've limited myself to only purchasing and reading publications from H&E Publishing. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of get a lot, you know, in my in my hopper. Sometimes I'll really drill down on one particular book, but a lot of times I'm kind of lily padding from one to the next. I just finished a book by Jeff Johnson on the absurdity of unbelief. He's a Reformed Baptist brother here in the States, and it's kind of a contrast of worldviews. Hmm. Just wrapped up a book on or class, you know, on, on apologetics, the classic work by Van Til, and I just read um, John Frame on apologetics, and I am going to be diving headfirst into Thomas Aquinas here in a little bit. I'm just doing a little bit of historical reading. On a devotional side, my wife and I have a through the New Testament in one year devotional that Alistair Begg did. And so she and I have been reading that in the mornings. And then I'm also reading Future Men by Doug Wilson. And I know Doug Wilson, he, he can be a wild card, but I love his writing and I appreciate what he has to say about raising sons. So I kind of got the historical Christianity. I've got the apologetics. I've got devotional and then I've got parenting. And so I've, I'm, I'm always in about three or four books. That's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. And I'm looking forward to reading Man Up kneel down that's coming so i'll uh, looking forward to get my hands on that there's there's always room for another book on being a good husband so yeah that was a very humbling project to write um but again that was born out of just a pastoral concern you know i spend a, a lot of time with young men who they are they're obtaining or have recently obtained good theology sound theology they're developing good convictions um but many of them have not been mentored or they come from divorced homes, or they had bad examples, and so on a pragmatic side, they've got the foundation, which is the gospel. But a lot of them, you know, when I say, do you, do you feel equipped to shepherd your wife, not just buy your flowers from time to time, but really shepherd her? And I kind of get a blank stare. And so I wrote a book called Man Up, Kneel Down, Shepherding Your Wife Toward Greater Joy in Jesus. And it's, it's not meant to be just a pragmatic how-to, I'm trying to drive constantly at the heart with the gospel that it's motivated by grace, but I also wanted to give practical things. Um, how, how does the gospel move me? What does it mean to shepherd your wife? What, is, what does First Peter 3 mean to live with her in an understanding way? And probably the elephant in the room is what, what does it mean to, to love her as Christ loved the church? Uh, we can talk about these things in kind of the ethereal intellectual realm, but what does it mean boots on the ground to let the gospel 
come to life, if you will, in our homes and our bedrooms and our financial decisions with this person that God has given us. And um, that, as Dave Harvey says in his book, When Sinners Say I Do, one of us is likely going to help the other one die one day. Mm. And are we helping them prepare to meet the Lord? So, yeah, Man Up, Nail Down was born out of a heavy pastoral burden for myself to run the race well, but also I got four boys and um, I want them to know Jesus more than anything. And uh, I want to, I want to equip them practically to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Because if I want them to be good elders one day, most of their qualifications, lo and behold, are domestic according to first Timothy three. So they can quote Calvin all they want, but if they're failing at home, it's not going to work out real well. And so I kind of want both. <laughs> and so that was my attempt to do that. Uh, well, before we go, uh, where can the listeners keep track of you? Where can they follow you? Are you blogging? Are you on social media? Anything like that? Yeah. Um, Redeemer Bible Church, Minnetonka, Minnesota. Uh, M-I-N-N-E-T-O-N-K-A, Minnetonka. Kind of like Tonka Trucks, the toy. Um, Minnetonka, Minnesota, Redeemer Bible Church. We, we have a pretty active blog through our church, and I blog there quite often. Um, Obviously, you can find me on Facebook, John Aaron White. I'm on Twitter from time to time as well. Um, my other publisher with Man Up, Neil Down is Shepherd Press. You can find me there. Um, but obviously, you can find me with the very humble, very Christ-centered, very hardworking crew at H&E Publishing as well. And so, yeah, I think between those avenues, you'll be able to, to find me somewhere. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we will hopefully – get you back on awesome thanks so much really really appreciate it and god bless to the listeners as well